Monday, July 2nd, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly. I am coming to you from the Mile High City. I am in Denver, Colorado, and we are back again this week to discuss the world of sports. We try to bring you a dose of common sense. We try to mix in some sarcasm. We try to maybe look back at some sports history, see if we can't learn something from it. Sounds kind of crazy, but sometimes you can look back at the past and learn a little bit about the present and the future. We try to do that here on The Dose. I hope that you enjoyed your weekend. Happy Monday to you. I know, I know. It's Monday. Always kind of tough to get going on that Monday, but don't forget, it is a holiday week, at least here in the United States. We've got July 4th on Wednesday this week. Hopefully, you get the day off. You get to spend the day away from work. Maybe you're doing a barbecue. Maybe you're going to see some fireworks. Maybe you're doing a picnic. I don't know. Whatever it might be, I hope that you get some time off this week. Maybe it just helps break up this week a little bit. Not quite as painful as a normal work week again here in the States. I can't speak for what's going on overseas. I don't know. Maybe you have a holiday this week too. I hope that you do. But here in the States, we've got the 4th of July where we will goof off and try to blow things up. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show, let us know. I don't know. Maybe just how you're feeling today, how your week is going. Hit us up on email, dailydosports at gmail.com, or you can go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at dailydosports. Maybe you've got a comment. Maybe you've got a suggestion. Maybe you have a list that you would like us to put together. We're never going to know to do it if you don't reach out to us. Make sure that you reach out to us because we would love to hear from you. Hey, today on the show, we will be recapping the weekend in sports. We're going to take a look at some of the things that we learned from the weekend in sports. It was actually a pretty busy weekend in sports between NBA free agency. We saw teams inking deals with players right and left. We saw free agents getting signed to contracts. We also did have a few things take place on the playing surface this weekend. A couple of things that I want to discuss, but you know, one of the things that we try to do when we come back from that weekend of sports, we like to look back and see some of the things that we learned. And I actually did learn a few things from this weekend in sports that I do want to make sure that I get to here today. You know, we saw some crazy games. How about the World Cup games over in Russia? Some craziness going on in those. You know, we're going to have to discuss those a little bit. So what did we learn this week? We did learn a few things. Let's start it off in the NBA. Of course, the big news of the entire weekend is that we learned that even though he couldn't find any playmates to join him, LeBron James is taking his talents to La La Land. He is going to join the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James accepts a four-year, $154 million deal to become a Laker. So long, Cleveland. It's been fun. Now, you know, this was a little surprising to me that he went to Los Angeles. I mean, this is a guy that seems to be a little bit annoyed that Michael Jordan's shadow just hangs over him wherever he goes, doesn't he? Now you're joining the Los Angeles Lakers? Hey, no shadows there. You know, it's kind of crazy to me that some people consider LeBron James to be the best player of all time. Obviously, we can argue about that. Here's the problem. In Los Angeles, he's probably only like the fourth best Laker of all time. It's a little bit weird, isn't it? Now, what does this move actually mean to the Los Angeles Lakers? Are the Lakers suddenly title contenders? No, I don't think so. Because, oddly enough, and it is a little bit weird, like I said, LeBron didn't seem to be able to convince anyone else to join him in LA, which is also kind of weird because we are told, again, this is the greatest player in the history of time. Why didn't anyone want to go join him? Maybe... 
probably because they all want max contracts too. Hey, these guys have a few years to make top money. They aren't going to sacrifice it for LeBron James legacy. They don't care. They want to get those checks. So I don't know that this makes the Lakers a title contender anytime soon, unless they go get like a Kawhi Leonard. Maybe, I don't know, Boogie Cousins, a few more role players. I'm just not sure that this roster has enough talent to be a contender. But could this be a two, three-year plan where they start to assemble more talent around LeBron? Yeah, I could see that start to take shape. The problem for these Lakers and the problem for LeBron, he's no longer in the East. In the East, this Lakers team, as it stands right now, just adding LeBron in the East, they would be a contender. They might be able to win the East right now. But in the West, you're just another talented team. We know the Golden State Warriors are the big dog. The Houston Rockets are huge. Oklahoma City has a ton of talent. Utah is figuring things out. The San Antonio Spurs, we'll see what they do, but they do have a history of long being successful. Even teams like the Denver Nuggets and the Minnesota Timberwolves, they are getting better every single year. The West is a completely different beast than what LeBron faced in the East. The Lakers are going to have to fight for every single thing that they get, even with LeBron on the team. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how LeBron works with this roster. Are there more moves coming? Are there more signings coming? Are they going to go get a couple more pieces? Because they don't have the pieces to contend just yet, but we'll see how he interacts with this young roster. I kind of want to see how he does with the Kyle Kuzmas. I kind of want to see what LeBron does with the Lonzo Balls. You know the guy I really want to see how LeBron interacts with? No, not Luke Walton. I want to see how LeBron James interacts with LeVar Ball. Oh, that's going to be a whole lot of fun, isn't it? You know, we have a lot of things to get to today on the Daily Dose, so we may have to discuss exactly what this move means to the rest of the NBA a little more tomorrow because, hey, LeBron James moving does change the balance of power in the league. What does this move mean to the Cleveland Cavaliers? Big ramifications there. What does this move mean to the Eastern Conference? Again, huge ramifications there. There is a lot to discuss over the next few months until the NBA season starts. Now that LeBron James is a Laker, now that LeBron James is in the Western Conference, it is going to be very, very interesting as we go into next season. We learned that the rumors about Kevin Durant maybe going to Los Angeles to the Lakers to join LeBron James were every bit as silly as they originally sounded. Because apparently Kevin Durant intends to sign a one-and-done max deal where he will stay in Oakland with a player option after next season. Hey, the Warriors weren't just going to let Kevin Durant go anywhere. And honestly, what did you think Kevin Durant would do? I mean, he seems genuinely bothered by his criticisms. He seems like a guy that gets very, very irritated when people say he chased the championship by going to Golden State. Of course he chased the championship. We all know that. But I didn't think it made much sense for him right now to leave again, to leave a great team like the Warriors and go to Los Angeles and get more criticism. Hey, Kevin Durant, he's kind of a different guy. He doesn't like criticism. He always seems to hear what everyone says about him. I stand by my original statement that I made way back when he first went to the Bay Area. I think Kevin Durant likes to play with guys that understand how the game of basketball is supposed to be played. Now, I'm not naive enough to think they don't have any issues within that Warriors team. Like any team, I'm positive that they do. But show me another team in the NBA that can utilize Kevin Durant's talents 
like the Golden State Warriors can. He gets to play in space. Do you know how valuable that is for Kevin Durant's game? He gets the ball. He plays with guys that don't mind passing the ball. Do you realize how different that is from what Kevin Durant experienced in Oklahoma City? He didn't get the ball, except for when he was overstuck in the corner. That was the only time he got the ball. I believe at the end of the day, the Golden State situation, it's just too good of a situation for Kevin Durant to walk away from. I know we were being told he might leave. He might leave. I didn't buy it. And we saw now that it isn't true. We also learned that when Chris Paul says he wants a max deal contract, yeah, it doesn't actually mean that what he really wants is to take way less money so that the Houston Rockets can put together a deal for LeBron James. Remember, Chris Paul said prior to free agency, he wanted a max deal. So what did we hear for the past few weeks since the end of the season from the sports media world? Well, Chris Paul might be looking to take a lesser contract so he can bring on LeBron James. That's not what he said at all. On Saturday night, it was announced Chris Paul has reached an agreement on a four-year, $160 million maximum deal to stay with the Rockets, just like he said he wanted. What? I know, shocking, isn't it? Really, really surprising. He took the deal that he said he wanted, specifically. Now, I know, most every week here at The Dose, we discuss sports media overreactions, and we discuss silly things like, Chris Paul is going to give Houston a bargain so that LeBron James can join him in Houston. That is exactly the reason that we do sports overreactions. Because the athlete involved specifically said he wanted a max deal. But when we get the sports media world telling us, well, that's not what he really wants. What he really wants is to take less money and bring in LeBron James. I'm telling you, the Houston Rockets know they were close. They truly don't feel like they need to add big pieces to this mix to beat the Golden State Warriors. They went to a seventh game. Now, we have to see, can they keep guys like Trevor Ariza? Can they keep guys like Clint Capella? Could they pick up a little more depth for that bench that only went seven deep? We'll have to see on that. But if so, the Houston Rockets are going to be right there. Now, can Chris Paul stay healthy? I don't have any idea. That is probably a bigger question than what size of contract he's going to demand. He already said the contract that he wanted. We already knew what contract he wanted. Can he stay healthy? We'll see. I mean, that's an entirely different question. Tony Romo thinks Chris Paul is just a little bit fragile. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But Chris Paul said what he wanted and he took exactly what he said he was going to. That shouldn't be a surprise. It's just that the sports media world has been trying to convince us of something else. Hey, coming back, we are going to continue to recap the weekend in sports by looking at what we learned over this past weekend. We've only gotten through a few of the NBA free agent signings. We've still got to get to some World Cup too. And I have a little bit of news in boxing that was at least a little bit confusing to me. So we now continue on what we learned this past weekend in sports. And you know, one of the things that I learned, and I was genuinely surprised by this, I learned that Oklahoma City Thunder guard Russell Westbrook, he really, really wanted Paul George to stick around in Oklahoma City, and it seems to have paid off. Apparently, Russell Westbrook hosted a party that he called Summer Hype House Party. Yeah! It was being held at a property near Lake Arcadia. He invited around 500 guests, and Paul George was one of the invitees. Look, I don't know what the reason for the party was. They didn't really say what the reason for the party was, whether it was like free agent recruitment or just a summer house party. I don't know. But the timing does make you think that maybe Russ was trying to get Paul George to stick around. 
maybe even attract some other players and pull in someone else to help in that mix down in Oklahoma City. And it seemed like it worked because on Saturday, it was announced that the Oklahoma City Thunder had signed Paul George to a four-year deal worth $137 million. Now we know going into the weekend, Paul George was considering the Los Angeles Lakers. Maybe he'd team up with LeBron. That didn't happen. He was considering maybe the Philadelphia 76ers. But apparently, Russell Westbrook convinced him to stay in Oklahoma. That just seems weird to me. Like if you had told me Russell Westbrook would be lobbying a teammate to stay with him, I would have thought you were crazy. Russell Westbrook just doesn't strike me as that guy. He seems like he hates everyone. Hey, in all seriousness, no joking, all sarcasm aside, maybe Russell Westbrook learned from the Kevin Durant thing. He made his feelings clear. He did not want Paul George to leave town. And what can you say? He's not leaving town. Russell Westbrook actually keeps Paul George there in Oklahoma City. I didn't think Russell Westbrook was that guy, but apparently he is. I think he looked around. I think he saw the writing on the wall and said, hey, if he leaves, I am going to be stuck here again for another year or two or however long with Carmelo Anthony. I can't do it. I just, I can't do it. It's too much. There is no way that I am going to be able to tolerate another couple of years with just me and Carmelo Anthony. All as I do is try to win games and try to win games and try to win games. I'm driving, I'm scoring, I'm rebounding, I'm passing, and Carmelo Anthony is missing shot after shot after shot after shot. I can't take it anymore. I just can't take it anymore. I think that's what Russell Westbrook looked at. Finishing out the NBA, I learned that finally, DeAndre Jordan is going to get his chance to go to Dallas. You know, the former Los Angeles Clipper has agreed to sign a one-year deal with the Dallas Mavericks worth about 24 million bucks. It's a one-year player option. Now, here is the question that I had when I heard this. Is he actually going to stick with it this time? Because remember... DeAndre Jordan gave the Dallas Mavericks a verbal commitment back in 2015. He was going to be a Maverick. Hey, DeAndre Jordan is heading to Dallas. He's leaving the Clippers. He's going to be a Maverick. They have a verbal commitment for him. He's on his way. And then he bailed out. Now, I don't know why he bailed out. I have a few theories. One of the theories I have is that Chris Paul told him, yeah, I know you thought you were going to Dallas. You're not going to Dallas. I mean, I'm just guessing there. I don't know that that's for sure true, but... It does kind of make sense, doesn't it? Chris Paul just said, yeah, you're not doing that. I don't know who you think you are. I don't know what you think you're going to get away with, but you're not leaving and you're certainly not going to Dallas. That's not happening. I think that's what happened. I'm, I'm not positive, but it looks like this year it's actually going to happen because this year it looks like he actually signed the contract. Here's the question that I have. The Dallas Mavericks bring in DeAndre Jordan again. They already had a verbal deal with him one time before. He bailed on that. When they bring him in for this meeting, How do you think that meeting goes? So, you know, DeAndre, what do you think? I mean, we've got some money to give you. got $24 million, one-year contract, got a player option on it. Got a few pieces we're kind of putting together. Of course, we still have Dirk. We still have our head coach, Rick Carlisle, pretty good coach. We've got some new draft picks. We went and drafted Luka Doncic, really excited about his future. We also went and drafted Villanova point guard, Jalen Brunson. Looks like he's kind of a tough guy. I think he can come in. I think we're going to look really, really different. What do you think? Do you want to come play in Dallas? Do you want to come to the Mavericks this time? I think we have some pieces coming together. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I might. 
Yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to come to Dallas. I'm going to be a Maverick. Yeah, I feel pretty confident in this. I want to come to Dallas. Okay, well, here's the thing. We don't believe you. We think that you're probably going to lie and not do it again. You know, you did that once last time. So how about this? How about we're not going to fall for that again and you go ahead and sign this piece of paper and then maybe we'll start believing it. We'll make sure we vet this whole process and make sure that you're really coming this time because we got all excited last time and you didn't show up. I have to think that was sort of how that contract went, wasn't it? I wonder if DeAndre just went down there just purely out of guilt. I think that maybe guilt played a big part in him signing with the Dallas Mavericks. Again, I'm just guessing, but I think it might have had something to do with it. Speaking of guilt, want to shift over to the world of boxing because I think there's some guilt floating around in the world of boxing that I want to discuss here real briefly. We learned this weekend that Canelo Alvarez is trying to convince himself that he has some righteous anger for Gennady Golovkin as they prepare for their second fight in September. Now, Canelo hadn't been speaking, but he broke the silence that he'd kept since agreeing to that rematch against Golovkin earlier this month. And he had some strong words over the weekend for Gennady Golovkin. In an interview with ESPN Deportes, Alvarez accused Golovkin and his boxing team of hypocrisy saying that during match negotiations for this rematch, they were interested only in money, not in the respect that they spoke of publicly. In fact, Alvarez went on to let it be known there will be no cordiality outside the ring in the lead-up up to the September 15th fight with Golovkin. And he also said he's looking forward to tearing Gennady Golovkin's head off that night in Las Vegas. Here is the quote from Canelo. I believe the cordiality we had, not in the ring, is over as they keep opening their mouth, Alvarez said. I don't like to talk too much. Obviously, I get mad, but I can control myself when it's time to box. That's why there will be no more cordiality. Alvarez went on to say he was annoyed in part because Gennady Golovkin and his team seemed annoyed with him. I don't know why they're annoyed if I'm the one that has made them the most money, he said. They said that's not important that they are not arguing about money, but it's the first thing they're fighting for, the money, the purse, the only thing they care about. Their hypocrisy is saying that is not important. Hey, Canelo, I hate to speak for Gennady Golovkin. Truly, I do. I don't want to go out and say, here's what he's thinking, or here's what he's feeling, or here's what he's believing. But when you say you don't know why they're annoyed, you say you don't know what's bothering Gennady Golovkin, why he's so concerned with the money, even though you want to take the majority of the purse, you don't understand why he's annoyed. I have a few reasons that I could give you. Perhaps he's annoyed that he already won the first fight handily, but that you had a filthy judge and now he has to fight you again. Then maybe he's a little bit more annoyed that you tested positive, not once, but twice for a banned substance. That gets kind of annoying. Perhaps Gennady Golovkin is annoyed that because of your failed drug test, He had to scramble to find another fight and lost his IBF belt in the process. Which, again, last I checked, that's all Canelo's fault. Now, Canelo Alvarez, you can tell yourself whatever you want. You can sit there and say you have this righteous anger toward Gennady and come September 15th, he's going to pay for it and you're going to rip his head off. Here is the bottom line. Canelo Alvarez is going to have to lace up the gloves in September and he is going to show us that he can tear off Gennady Golovkin's head. I mean, unless he accidentally gets suspended again, because I still come back to this. I'm not sure Canelo really wants to fight Gennady Golovkin. It will not surprise me a bit to see something happen and this fight not take place. 
I don't think Canelo wants this fight. I think he knows that man hurt me. And I think he knows I landed the most perfect punch right on the button. I came right down the pipe and I landed it with everything I had. And Gennady Golovkin looked across the ring at me and said, that's it. That's all you've got. Oh yeah, I'm going to be just fine. That is the reason. I don't think Canelo Alvarez wants this fight. I know now he's all mad. He's on the warpath. He's mad at Gennady. He's mad that Gennady wants the money. He's mad that Gennady's annoyed with him. Spin it however you want. Come September, we're going to find out. And I think it's going to be highly entertaining if the fight takes place. I'm not going to say when. I'm going to say if it actually takes place. Hey, coming back, we will finish up what we learned from the weekend in sports. It was a wild weekend in the World Cup. We saw the first games of the knockout round and they were crazy. They were absolutely nuts. We even saw two of the games go to penalty kicks. We got to discuss those when we get back. Just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping you need to do, you might want to head over to lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. July's Loot Crate theme is now out. It is called Team Up. Do you need someone to watch your back? If so, it sounds like it's time for a team up. Do better together with an awesome squad of collectibles in gears. And this crate includes not one, but two t-shirts. July's Loot Crate theme features items from Ant-Man vs. Wasp, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Adventure Time. But hey, if none of those franchises interest you, you don't have to order the monthly crate. You can just go over and pick individual items and they have a ton of items over there covering just about any franchise you could think of. The best part, of course, about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just be sure that you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for tuning in to the Daily Dose. Okay, let's continue up and finish what we learned this weekend because I know here in the USA, we're not the biggest soccer fans, but World Cup soccer, it is highly entertaining to me. It's like watching the Olympics for me. I don't watch soccer every year all the time, but when it comes every four years, I find myself tuning in more and more. And watching the World Cup this weekend, I did learn a few things from the games that we saw. Because first off, I learned that the two biggest names in the world in soccer, yeah, they're not going any further. And they're not going to go any further ever if they don't have more help. Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo might be the two most recognizable names on the planet in the world of soccer. But it's not enough when you don't have a good enough supporting cast. Both Messi's Argentina team, who was beaten by France on Saturday, and Ronaldo's Portugal team, which lost to Uruguay, have been eliminated from the World Cup tournament. Just goes to show you, we've talked about this here on The Dose before, you can take away one superstar. Defenses are just too smart. You keep that player from touching the ball. You harass them everywhere they go. And if they do get the ball, you run multiple people at them and force them to get rid of it before they would truly like to. And we saw both France and Uruguay do that to those superstars on Saturday. Now, here was the one question I did have. I wonder if former Toronto Raptors coach, new Detroit Pistons coach, Dwayne Casey, do you think he was watching these games? Because remember, when the Raptors played the Cleveland Cavaliers this year in the Eastern Conference Finals, and Casey basically just had the Raptors single up LeBron James again and again and again, only to watch LeBron beat the Raptors in four games quite easily, just knocking down shot after shot after shot. You wonder if Dwayne Casey was like watching these games and like picking up a few tips like, oh, okay, that's what you do. 
you put more focus on the good player. You like run people at him and force the good player to get rid of the ball. Oh yeah, you know what? Oh, I wish I would have seen this before those playoff games. It might have really changed my whole life. Maybe I wouldn't have gotten fired from the Raptors. Maybe we would have gone to the finals. I'm just wondering if you watched that. It also made me wonder if the NBA picked up any tips from watching these games because unlike the NBA, the big name players actually got eliminated from this tournament instead of the officials stepping in and just giving them every call to make sure they advanced. Oh. No, kind of a crazy concept. Maybe the NBA should be watching a little more World Cup because, you know, the games didn't seem, what's the word? Fixed. You know, I also learned that for all of the complaining by soccer purists about World Cup soccer games coming down to penalty kicks and how it shouldn't come to that, hey, say what you want, penalty kicks are insanely exciting. Both of the games yesterday came down to PKs and it was sports drama at its finest. And I know what they say. They're like, well, it'd be like a basketball game coming down to a free throw contest. No, it wouldn't. That's not what it would be like at all. One, scoring in basketball is super easy. So it wouldn't be like that at all. If you want to tell me it would come down to a two-point conversion in football, okay, that's a little more comparable. Sometimes games do come down to that. Yesterday in the second game, Croatia squeaked past Denmark and it came down to the final kick of penalty kicks. Tied at one after regulation. The game went to penalty kicks, best of five, and tied at two points each. Croatia had the final kick of the match. Here is what that sounded like, courtesy of Fox Sports. Ivan Rakitic, Swiss-born, descends Croatia through. Dalic can't look. He sends it through. Croatia in this World Cup of attrition. Don't bow out on to the quarterfinals after penalties. Yes, we saw Croatia advance on. Hey, that's a tough way to go out. If you're Denmark, that's a horrible way to go out. But that is sports drama at its finest. You couldn't predict what was going to happen in those games. Penalty kicks, I know a lot of people are down on them. They're so much fun. They're so exciting. If you didn't watch any of the game and you just turned on the penalty kicks, you were highly entertained. The last thing that I learned this weekend, and I will say this, I didn't expect it. This is not what I thought was going to happen. I learned that the Russian home team, they're not quite done yet in the World Cup. And I didn't think that was possible. Russia pulls off the upset, beats favored Spain, also on penalty kicks, in the rain, and Russia advances to the quarterfinals. No one expected Russia to be here. There were rumors that there was some internal strife within that team, and they were having some problems within their own team. And Russia wasn't going to do anything. I didn't think they'd beat Spain. Russia did it by basically outcoaching Spain. They dropped back. They played defense. And you know what they did? They basically just said, yeah, we'll just go ahead and wait for penalty kicks to start and then we'll see how it goes. The Russian team's not as talented as Spain is, but they had a game plan. And Russia stuck with that game plan. For the game, Russia managed one shot on goal. It was a penalty kick in the first half that they scored on. Other than that, and the penalty kicks, they didn't have any shots on goal. They dropped back and they played defense. Yes, they got a little help from the officials, but it wasn't nearly as blatant as what I was expecting. And Spain, hey, they played right into Russia's hands. So Russia is dropping back every player. They're just playing zone defense, doubling everyone that gets the ball. Now, I don't know soccer strategy, and I'm not going to pretend to know, here's what they should have did, and here's what they should have moved. I don't know. I'm not a soccer guy. 
but I know basketball strategy and I know some basic offensive principles. I know that I didn't see much movement and I didn't see much flooding of a zone by the Spanish team. You can't let three guys guard two. I'm going to have to send four or five guys over there and flood that zone. And then I've got to have movement. I can't let the defense just stand there staring at the ball because they know right where I'm at. That is easy to defend. A player not moving is the easiest player on the field or court to defend. And that's what Spain did. They just stood still. They just stood still and said, well, we're just better. Well, that's not how that went, is it? Russia, not nearly as talented, just ended up making a wall in front of the Spanish team. And Spain just tried to kick the ball into a stone wall and wondered, why is this not getting through? I thought we'd be up by now. Because there's a huge wall in front of you and you haven't made that wall move. And you haven't gotten into the cracks of that wall. And you haven't cut through that wall and made that wall find you. And as a result, the longer the game stays close, the more confidence Russia gets. And the longer the game stays close, the more the home crowd gets into it. By the time the game actually goes to penalty kicks, the Russian crowd is at a fever pitch. They are going nuts because they're saying, you know what? We could actually win this thing. I can't believe I'm saying this, but we're actually in this. Russia stops two penalty kicks to eliminate Spain. Here is a clip from Fox Sports. Iago Aspas! Russia have done it! Russia in Rutgers! Hey, again, I know soccer is not for everybody, and I'm not a soccer guy. If you've listened to the dose, you know I'm not a soccer guy. World Cup soccer, it just, it reminds me of the Olympics. Every four years I tune in, And every four years, I'm pretty entertained. If you're not watching, I encourage you, hey, do what Rob said. Tune in after the first hour and just watch the second half, and maybe it goes into penalty kicks and you get lucky. But the World Cup this weekend was absolutely insane to watch. That was a lot of fun. Hey, we have a very interesting week for you here at The Daily Dose tomorrow. We just might have to discuss the upcoming holiday that we are going to have on Wednesday. And we've got a few other things for you this week that I think you're really, really going to enjoy. I have to say thank you all so much for listening to The Daily Dose on your Monday. I hope that it is helping you get through the start of your work week. For all of you that share the show, for all of you that tell your friends, for all of you that tell your coworkers or your family, it is very, very appreciated. Hey, if you're not subscribed to The Daily Dose, wherever it is that you listen, please be sure that you subscribe by just clicking that little subscribe or follow button. You will make sure you won't miss a single episode. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a wonderful Monday.